get paid 10 bucks an hour, although we did get smoke. And so I stayed like 12 hours a day. <laughs> Welcome to Far North Tokyo. Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 95, June 18th, 2018, with your host, Mid Thank you all for listening. It's been a month. Been a month since I dropped the last one out. Sitting out here in Pennsylvania in a camper recording the intro to episode 95. Mm, technology. Been having some trouble with keeping things going, but we'll get it going. Get it going. Got it. I want to thank my sponsor, Good Cannabis. How have things been going in Alaska? seen a lot of posts about those pre-rolls and I've been doing my practice with the concentrate down here can't wait to see good cannabis again get back in a few weeks eh, more than a few weeks five weeks six weeks we got lots more to do down here a lot of shows to share this is good. This is good. We're going to have two shows with Mary. There's just too much. Too much good stuff. We got to get right to Mary. Thank you, Mary. And thank you, Green Dreams Cultivation, for making it happen. Sitting there trimming some beautiful bubblegum kush. Mary and I trimming away. Talking about or fascinating life. So, Brian, one of the reasons you found love with Mark, you grew good weed. You know, I didn't know he grew good weed. He was like, you got this house over here, you think I could grow something? And I said, like, go for it, dude. You're awesome. I said, you are too, because you can grow. <laughs> And so she's like, awesome, man, somebody that'll let me grow, you know, because I guess it's next to me. Two peas in a pot, you know, we're all like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, ooh, yes, he can. And he's going, ooh, yes, she's letting me, you know. It's funny. And then she says, I never made anybody put up smoking. <laughs> he sure tries to hang in there. I was telling him, ah, you gotta get out on that porch. <laughs> Can't hang with the big dogs. Yeah, I think you would do well in the Ganja Olympics. You'd represent the Eskimos well. <laughs> yeah. Team Eskimo. Everybody would be expecting Jamaica to come out on top. <laughs> My sister went to Jamaica and she said, oh, sis, I was looking for weed and I found this Jamaican dude that. He said, $25. And she said, no problem. He was $25. And, he, and she gave him a, a bundle like this. She, he gave her a bundle like this. And it was tied up, you know. 
she brought it back, she's all excited, and she unties it, and she goes like this, it goes, poof, it was over now, oh, 25 bucks, she was like, poof, she goes, oh my god, I couldn't smoke it all. That's what I hear from every person that visits, they say, yes. you always have to leave it more than you have. Yes, she said, I had to give it away. She said it was so awesome. Good weed? Good weed. She said it was different. It was good weed. She said um, they were the best. She said everywhere they went, they were like, oh, oh, you like to smoke the kind, you know. She said, I loved it over there. And then my sister went to Amsterdam when they first went to Amsterdam in the late 70s. Oh, wow. From Point Hope, my, my, from Point Hope. And we have a dance group called the Pueblo Traditional Dancers. Well, Amsterdam invited them over to dance over there. So they went to Amsterdam and they they took them, they put them through a course about watching how people shoot up, you know, because my people didn't know nothing about that, you know. And they went over there and they are talking about they're going to see places where they have cafes with marijuana and everybody's like, <laughs> Everybody's like, yes, yay! You know? I know. And my sister goes over there, and it was her birthday, and she says, oh my god, sis. She goes, it was so cool. You come out, and they had this great little plaque, and it was just like of all the different weeds. And she said, I want to try this one, and that one, and this one, and this one. And they come out and bring it to you, and you bring your coffee, and you just sit there and you smoke. She said it was awesome. Yeah, what can happen? Right? One day, one day. I, I thought that was a great thing to do. Just the city, I was just, God, they don't like anything that they can't control, you know? And that's something that they can't control, people smoking. With alcohol, they, they allow that. It also keeps people in business. They need jails and police. Alcohol is a money maker for all kinds of ways. It's killed a lot of my family members, I know that. I drink very seldom. I like wine with dinners. Yeah, me too. I, I, you know, not like, I used to. Not like a great big old, let's get a bottle of tequila. We brought back the tequila from Mexico and we went to Cancun and we still haven't drank that yet. I remember I remember getting excited about getting drunk at times. Used to, yeah, not anymore though. It's just a passive thing, you know. An age thing I think. Having access to weed. Oh yeah. It has a big difference to do with it, I think. Parents have this beautiful home, and they have a pond, which have the biggest. I've never been bass fishing before, and they are bass in there. So that's what I do, and I don't need a license for it because it's their own pond. Yes, they stock it, so it's awesome. So I get to wake up every morning, and this pond is like a huge lake. I'm telling you, it's huge, and they got these cute little. Um, 
little rowboat she can get in and get in and go row to a corner and go fishing while I go row and I get high and I fish. Mm-hmm. I'm small thing. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go smooth. So, you know, his father had cancer here this last year. Sorry. And... Uh, that wasn't looking very promising, so his father turned to Mark and said, I heard that there was this stuff called that marijuana can help me. Do you know what it is? So we hooked him up with some fecal with some uh, RSO, mixing oil. We picked it up from a friend in Anchorage and shipped it to him. He took it religiously. He went to the doctor. And he said, well, what, what, what should I take? And Mark said, take like a mouse turd three times a day and then then add, then, you know, up your dose. So he started that and then uh, um, they went to the doctor and the doctor was like, well, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, I know you're not going to die of cancer now. So whatever you're doing, you're doing is right. And it seemed so now his father believes in So his that father came up here. No. Religiously. Just, that's a, it's a sin. That's oh, no. one of the three sins. In his book. In his eyes. And so his dad came up here in December. January. January. He goes, I want to go to your facility. I want to see how you do marijuana. Teach that's me awesome. about marijuana. So now his dad... He's learning all about it. He's got his medical marijuana card. And he's talking to Mark about growing now. <laughs> and Mark's like, he wants to send him seeds. And Not bad. It's cool when dad starts to find <sighs> Yes, well, his mom and dad went to the facility. And his dad was totally into it. His mom's going, oh my God. I can't believe I'm standing here. <laughs> you know. <laughs> She's always been always But she says... She sees it helps her husband. Yes. Her dad is alive because of it to this day. It's amazing. It is amazing. So many stories like that. Well, the girl that we get it from, she was... had cancer too. They gave her like... I don't know... how many months to live. She took it religiously too, and it saved her, and she's cancer free to this day. And her father also. So, I have a cousin going through cancer right now, lung cancer. And I told her, We need to get you to start taking this. So, I gave her all the information and everything in Anchorage. When I go down, I'm going to make sure she gets some. So we can see if that works as good, you know. But breast cancer, brain cancer, blue cancer, I mean, um, um, prostate, it was just... Yeah. It's like my family, my cousins, my uncle, on their side, the genetics, all those girls, all my cousins have cancer. And they've been fighting it, some one, some don't. And the one that I've she's got lung cancer, she's like the sixth family member that's been going through all this. So. He's been good? 
Yes. We're returning our family. I don't know why. But I've been checked, so I'm good. A lot of the reasons why we have cancer up there at the is because of the nuclear waste that was buried up there. It's called Project Chariot. They had a the government buried a bunch of nuclear waste, and that's where the caribou migrate, and we kill the caribou and eat the caribou. Well, the caribou's got the waste on it, you know, eating the nuclear waste. We're eating the caribou, of course. So now we have uh, different different volumes of cancer, uh, like of enlarging of the hearts, enlarging of the livers, enlarging of the brain, stuff like One that. Hope. Yeah. They. The government came up there and said, hey, since you found this nuclear waste, we want you to look for some more of it. You know, we don't know where we buried it all. <laughs> so they said, here's these machines, and they taught them how to use them, and they're these great big radar machines that um, detect. Radiation? Yes. And it's they go like this across your shoulders, you put them on, and your hands go out like this, and you walk across the so just tundra. Using and you go to the So, yes. When was this? Listen, if you go to the university and if you look it up, it's called Project Chariot. You'll see how long that's been going on for a long time. Oh, no. Yeah. Was so there any kind of a payment or that just gave you guys jobs to find it? They. We tried to see the government and stuff, and it's like, oh, at first it was hush hush, you know. And then um, they found out that it was true and they couldn't keep it a secret anymore. So that's why the government came and taught us how to use those machines to find the nuclear waste. And then they got all the nuclear waste out of there and dug it up. And I don't know where they brought it to now. Right? Yeah, somewhat further out, I guess. Well, like they say, maybe they went over there to the White Mountains and they buried it over there. Now I'm hearing that the White Mountains, those people over there are having problems too, like us. Different kinds of cancer. But yeah, if you ever get a chance, check it out. Check it out. Maybe it's even online. Project Chariot. Read up about it. It'll tell you a little bit about my, my village. I was adopted when I was a baby. Right after I was born, I was adopted. And um, my adopted family, when I was growing up, when I got like eight years old, my adopted mother figured I was old enough to know my real family. She wanted me to know them and know my traditional ways. So she sent me to put hope. I mean, she adopted me. And um, as soon as I was born, I was adopted, and I was brought here to Phoenix, and I was raised here. And when I was eight, you didn't spend time. No, when I was eight. No, when I was eight years old, my mother brought me up there, and we had like festivals, introduced me to the family, and I learned the traditional ways. When I first went up there, I hated it. I hated it. I was little white Eskimo. 
Um, I didn't know about. Were you uh, adopted by a white lady? No, I was adopted by a native. Why did they call you? Because I like racist stuff. Yeah, because I didn't know about how. Uh, I didn't know about the. You know all the stuff. No, they called me a honky. Oh no! Yeah, and And they were full-blooded Eskimo. Talk about racism, right? In your own, in your own village. Uh, That's 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 gotta be the worst. But you know, I surpassed it. I whatever, and I got to learn the ways. We got over it. Even in Barrow, when I went to Barrow, they did the same thing to me. They beat me up, called me a monkey. When I went there, because you weren't native enough. Because I was from Fairbanks. I was just being from Fairbanks. Yeah. I was from the city. I was raised up like that. City folk. Yeah. So it's more of like a rural versus city thing, mm-hmm. not necessarily a. It just so happened, happened in the culture. But needless to say, as we went down, you know, I got accepted, and, yeah, and I'm accepted big time. Yeah, I put myself, hey, I'm in a school too. <laughs> when was it? When were you finally accepted, you think? Was it something you did, or just time? Just time. It's just like being brought up here in Fairbanks with the Indians. You know how many fights and times I've been to jail because of fighting with an Indian? Oh. <sighs> <laughs> just saying, just saying, calling you white or something? No, because I was an Eskimo. Oh no, it's the different. Indians and Eskimos did not get along. Like the they have fought. Yes, they have fought for many, many, many years. They just joined hands not too long ago. You didn't know that? Not really. No. Oh my goodness! Yeah. No, you call so an Indian an Eskimo? Oh my God! It's on. You call an Eskimo an Indian, you call an Indian an I'm Eskimo. I'm sorry, Mary, I probably did. <laughs> and it's on, you know. Yeah, the first time when I first met my dad, my real father, we were all smoking joints. He comes into the room and I'm like, oh my God, my dad just walked in the room. Oh my God. And they were like, so what? He smokes too. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm sitting next to him and he's going to hand me the joint. And I'm like, I don't know what she grab it to. They grab it. No, no, don't grab it. Okay, grab it. So I grabbed it. That was the most fearful thing I ever had in my whole life. Smoking with your dad? Yeah, and then after that, it was like the coolest thing ever. Why'd you get adopted out? Because your parents weren't ready? I don't know. My parents Still adopted right? a lot, yeah. My parents adopted out a lot of our, us children. I think it was our mother. She wasn't a very kind woman. She died. She froze to death outside when I was young. Accidental drinking, alcohol involved. My mom just passed out somewhere. Yeah, she went outside, said she was going to go somewhere, and they didn't think of anything. And they all went outside, and there she was sitting and froze to death. So, like in my adopted family, there's 12 of us. I'm number 12. You were 12 to get there? I'm, no, I'm the 12th child. The youngest? I am the youngest 12th child. I am the youngest. And she got me last. How old was she? 54. Woo! Yeah. So when I was growing up, everybody was like, hey, there's your grandma. That's my mom. 
she didn't know how to read or write that. She was like um, illiterate, you know, she only knew how to speak Eskimo. Uh, living in Fairbanks? Yep. She, anytime she got a welfare what check. Fairbanks? Huh? Uh, you talk about your welfare check. Yeah, so when she got her welfare check, she needed somebody to come with us because she signed as an ex. They needed a witness. So when I was growing up, I said, Mom, you're going to learn ABC123 with me. So you can sign your name. No more somebody coming with us. She's like, okay. So as I learned my ABCs, I taught her. You should see it when she... So you taught your mom how to write her name? Yes. She never needed another witness again. And she knew how to count one, two, three, up to ten, you know, twenty. And as it learned, she learned, you know, how to count further up. But when you you go in the cab, she'd put her chains up because it'd be $2.50 or 65 cents to go somewhere. She'd put her chains up. She'd go, don't cheat mama now. I know my ABC went to (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, it's okay, Grandma, I won't teach you. Cheat you or cheat you? Oh no. Yeah. So that was the proudest day of my life. Man, big time. That sounds great. Right. Mom. Uh, and you were young, huh? Oh right. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so what her. a gift to give your mom. Yes. She was fifth I mean she'd been sixties. Yeah, in her sixties then. And she finally got to write her old name. Well, what brought her to Fairbanks? She married my stepfather. He was a Spanish man. His name was Tony. Well, so you got some Spanish in you. Um, or no? Stepfather. 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 Okay. Yes. What was his name? Tony. Tony Buelna, but we say Buelna. Oh, okay. So that's the Spanish name. Your mm-hmm. last name Spanish. Mm-hmm. When I went to California, they're like, oh, and then they start talking to me, and I'm like, I don't understand you. <laughs> but you got the last name. And I said, ah, I don't know. Oh, was the stepdad, was he up there for oil or gold? And he worked name? at the um, Clear Air Force Base. Um, military and guy? Clear Air Force Base in Isleson. He worked at both bases. Was he in the Air Force? I guess I really don't remember because my mom divorced him when we were when he was young. He was abusive towards me, so she got rid of him. And then she raised us on her own since. She raised all the kids herself. Really strong woman. So wonder you guys kept his name. Yeah, I was wondering about that. <laughs> So my um, real family's name is Kowana. Why don't you go back to Kowana? That sounds that sounds like Hawaiian. Yeah, because I've always been a Fiona. Gotcha. I've always been a Fiona. I have a brother. Are oh, you gonna take Mark's name? You guys get married? Yeah. Oh, good. So you'll take Mark's name. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I'll be a Hubbard. He said, "Tell me, old mother Hubbard." <laughs> it's not. Mark's first marriage, so it'll be mine, and I'm like... Oh, nice. Yep, you never been married? Mm-hmm. You gotta be excited, then. I've been asked a few times, but I'm like, eh. <laughs> okay. 
No, it's good to be picky. It's, um, it's not often that you, you are allowed to be picky and you end up getting what you like, huh? Find your mate, yeah. Did you always want to get married growing up as a girl? Yes. And then did you, so then, did you ever? But it's always—I've always, I've always wanted a weed then. grower, and I've never—I've I've dated a couple of weed growers, but I've always wanted my own master pot grower. <laughs> well, yeah, got I got him. God gifted me, and I'm so thankful. How long you guys been together? Seven years. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh my god. Wow. Long ago and not long ago at the same time. I've always loved to smoke joints. When I was like 16 years old, I met this guy. His name was Lee Junko. He was from Charlottesville, Montana. Here, Mark's from Missoula, right? So I hook up with here at Fairbanks. Yeah, here at Fairbanks, I hook up with him, and I'm in this girl's home. I I I was a crazy kid when I was young. So I'm in this girl's home. It's called Hospitality House. Lee John's like, okay, I mean, we see each other when we can, when I'm out of school, at school, and one night I decide, you know what, I'm going to sneak out, because perks are down, we just, we just got some, a load of perk sets, you know, and quaaludes, and it's like, I'm like, oh my god, I don't do that, she's not like, well, no, I know you don't do it, but you need to cover me. Sneak out or something somehow, and so I snuck out that night, and I took one of those stupid pills, and it didn't wake up in time to sneak back in in time, <laughs> so I got busted. I mean, I couldn't go back because the judge said, "If you appear, if this is the fifteenth time you appear in front of me, if you appear in front of me one more time, you're going to be sent to Excelsior, and that's in Denver, Colorado. It's institution." I'm oh, like, "Oh crap." Sounds big, Excelsior. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I don't go to Excelsior, and, you know, so. It's just a girl's prison? It's a like girl's prison. institution, yeah. So he's like, yeah, that's where you're gonna go. If you appear in front of me one more time. Well, this was the last time, and I was like, oh my god, I can't go back. I can't go back. So I tell my boyfriend, Lee John, I can't go back. I'm gonna get. Were you a high school kid? I was 16. Yeah, I was 16 years old. What was your boyfriend's name? Lee John. Lee John. Mm. Like Lee John Pope. So, so Lee John gets a hold of his mom in, in Kalispell and says, Mom, my girlfriend's in trouble. I'm going to send her to you. Because <laughs> if she gets cut, they're going to send her off to what a What the hell is he? He's like 18. Okay, what, did, what is he doing up here? He was working. Making money. Yeah. Good. And so. He went to Alaska. Now he's going to send his. His Eskimo girlfriend to his to hide out. Yes. In Montana. Yes. Well, okay. you know he used to always uh, make acid, <laughs> and he was selling acid. He got caught up here. He was and making it. He got caught, and they put him away for like life, dude. So I never seen him again after that. When you were in high school. When I got sent to his mom. No shit. I never seen him again. 
Never. So, I... You didn't write, did you write him or anything? She's in jail. How am I supposed to know? I'm going like, with his mom, and his mom's like, well, we'll never see him again. Like, if you go back to Alaska, maybe you'll see him in jail or something. I never seen him again, because I never went back to Alaska. I'm still in trouble. Oh, Mary. That's, that's crazy. That's so, crazy. listen to this. So, I'm, like, living there, and then I meet some really nice people. They have, like, this ranch trailer home, and horses, and they hear my story, and they're like, oh, well, we'll take care of you. You need help? You can help. We'll help you out. I'm and like, you're okay. like a, a bad girl at this point, right? You're not really bad. No, but I mean, you're known I'm as it. I'm a runaway. If you're, everyone that meets you knows that you've been, like, you're being saved from going to, like, some other So you come with a, a reputation. Exactly. So, so I let out. them know this, and they're like, that's all right, you know, you will take care of you, and you get a job, and da-da-da, and I'm like, okay, so I got a job, and I'm living down, and I'm actually loving Montana. Well, then I meet this guy that I date for a couple times. And he, he works on the highway. He goes from state to state, putting down the, the lines in the roads. But he lives in Missoula. He goes, he goes, when I'm done working, I want you to come to Missoula. He goes, I'll be off for a while. And I'm like, okay. So I decided I should hike to Missoula. <laughs> and I go hang out with him. You're 16? I'm turning 17 then. And then I got in an accident with this truck, and the cops are involved. On your way up there? You know, no, this is when I'm living with him okay. for a while, you know? Oh. And I'm settled in, in Missoula, and I'm working and living with him. And I was out one night for some reason, and I had the truck, and I got in an accident. Well, I run. I run because I'm a runaway. I'm wanted here in Alaska, and I'm like a runaway. Well, I get caught. The police hold me. I have my own trailer. I had my own trailer then. That's when I finally moved out, got my job. I rented this little trailer. I have a job. I have my own place. And they're like, well, here's, she's got this residence here. This is, yeah. She, they went to, I worked at um, Little Big Man Pizza. They went there. Yeah, she works here. They went to my apartment, my little trailer. They went to the landlord. Yeah, she oh, she's been renting here. Did you know that she's 17 years old? Just turned 17. They're like, what? <laughs> so uh, I get a, I get this lawyer, and she says, we're gonna get you emancipated. I'm like, okay. And we did. We got me emancipated. I was living on my own. I had my own apartment, my own job, my own place. This is from your mom and. Fairbanks? No, this is when I was living in Montana. No, but emancipated from your mom in Fairbanks. From the state, not from my mom, because they had already taken me from my mom. Oh, got you. This is your cause of trouble. Yeah. Well, no, because I was just ran away. That's all I was, was a runaway. That's... Were they, when they took me away from your mom? Yeah, she said, they said, she's too old to take care of you. And I said, no, she's not. Well, she's having problems managing you, I says. Oh, they're using that to try to get you. Yeah. And so once this, you get in state's custody, right. But needless to say, I got emancipated. So when I came back to Alaska, they couldn't touch me. They couldn't do anything. 
Well, what you know, why'd you come back? Just because you missed your home? Yeah. My mom. My mom. I didn't come back for mom. What did she say? I don't know, just, I miss my family, you know? Yeah, by the way, young. Yeah. How long were you gone? Until I was like, 19, well, so a few years. Well, you're for a while. Yeah. And then I came back, and never did see John Cope again, though. You're down there in Montana, and you find out your, your boyfriend just went to jail. Did his mom then kick you out? No, she's like, you're welcome to stay, I'll take care of you. And then I met some other people and they were like, I'll take care of you. And I was like, thanks, Carol, I'm going to move on. She's like, okay. Have you ever seen Carol again? Nope, never seen her again either. Wow. Right? The people that we cross that are part, such part of our lives that we never see again. I know. Yeah, I, I guess so. I had to work. You were completely moving. Yeah. 
So I came back home and I told my boss, hey, I've given my two notice. He's like, you're crazy. <laughs> and they said, yeah, you can go And so I told my mother, oh, I moved to Hawaii. And she's like, what? And I packed my stuff and I moved up. Which island? The big island. I moved up to the rainy side. I lived in Puna. Uh, Get used to the rain compared to snow. Oh my god. My friends over there, there was a guy that I was involved with. He didn't want to show me the sunny side because he knew I would leave. <laughs> <laughs> so I had some friends. They were like, hey, Mary, you want to go on a day trip? I was like, I'd love to. And they showed me the sunny side, and guess what? They left. Oh, yeah. I, there's this bus. And I was like, dude, can you guys drop me off at the bus? They're like, dude, are you really leaving? I said, yes. Uh, so I packed my stuff and I got on the bus and I went to the sunny side and got off and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to Oh yeah, I got friends over here that I used to work with in Fairbanks and I called them and they said, hey, That's sister, it. you're here. Come over, you can stay with us. So I went over there. Yeah. They were my roommates. That we were roommates in Fairbanks here that we worked to shake his pizza together and then he decided to move over there. What was a Hawaiian doing in Alaska? No, he was a white guy. He was like, Mary, oh, okay. he was like, Mary, you know what? I'm going to move to Hawaii. And I said, dude, I'm going to come visit just one of these days. And he goes, sure. Just kind of talking and working. And then so when I, I went over there, I called him and I said, dude, I, I need a place to stay. And he goes, come stay with me. I got a, a two-bedroom and I need a roommate. So I moved in. Where I started trimming though was on the on the rainy side. Did you when you went there? Did you know you were going to be trimming? No. Did you move there? Okay, no. so you got a job trimming when you got there. Yes. The people. How'd you run into that? Well, I was like, I need to find some smoke. <laughs> right, right. Where can I find some smoke? And they're like, hey, I'll show you where. And they introduced me to these people, and they're like. But you can't see anything because they're like growing, and I'm like, all right. Do they need help? <laughs> and they're like, by the way, they do. And I was like, sweet, I'll help. So. Would you get paid? I got paid ten bucks an hour. Were you working before that, or you just needed a yeah, job? Yeah, I was working. I was. So I worked for. I. It was a. At the. My boyfriend had a T-shirt company. So what I did is I made t-shirts, like Raven Kunitik, you know, they were all... Oh, or just slogans and stuff? Yeah. We had the printer at the house and everything, so I made all the t-shirts, I put the logos on them, I made the logos, or the, the tags. That's what I did. And when I wasn't doing that, I went and I tripped. And the dude was like, dude, you, you stand from as much as you want. You get paid 10 bucks an hour, all the week you can smoke. And so I stayed like 12 hours a day. <laughs> well, yeah, you're just trimming and smoking. Trimming and smoking. Yeah, they feed me good. Oh my gosh, I was like, this is heaven. And then what happened with that? Do you know what happened to it after you trimmed it? Was it just sold there or was it taken off? Uh, I know that, that I know that they like canned it up. They put it in these cans. Cans? In these cans, and then they recanned it and they shipped it out. Oh, I don't know where it went or anything. All I did was trim. Like in the aluminum cans? No, like the old army. 
cans that oh. you used to get. Big ones? Five gallon, five. No, these little cans, those cans, you know, like um, uh, the old um, MRI cans that like you would get like old crackers and stuff. There's like all these cans in it, but we didn't even them. Shipping it somewhere, I never knew where. What was it? What do you know? What strain it was? Was it Maui Waui or something? Oh, Hawaiian book kind of. It was Puna Bud. Puna Bud. We were in Puna. That makes sense. Yeah, it was Puna Bud. It was sticky, skunky, and it was one hitter, knock you out, yummy. Oh my god. But see, I'm such high high tolerance. I sat there and I just had a joint just hanging out of my mouth, and I just trim it and smoke. That's how I would smoke. I mean, they're like, you always been a high tolerance. Yes, always have always. People from Point Hope, even though I was adopted, mid I didn't know that my people when I went to Point Hope and I met all the elders, they were like. Smoking. I was like, I love it up here. My people smoke. <laughs> but now there's a lot of a lot of them aren't Christians and Christian Yeah, they're anti cannabis because they just believe in the Lord, the Lord. And I try to show them in the Bible that there's herbs that we can have, and it shows it in there. And they're like, no, no, that's different kind of herbs. <laughs> Uh, so, needless to say, you know, it's just, you should see what they say about me, because I, I used to always sell weed up there, you know, illegally, and... I just make a lot of money, though. Back then, yes. The, the, the more illegal, the more money, right? The more illegal. More risk. Yeah. I mean, I, you should see, I... How? How would you get it up? I would seal mill it the whole bags like this thing, big bags, to where I could wrap it around myself. <laughs> and what I would do is wrap it around. I do two wraps, one in the front, one in the back. How um, thick? I would like it looked like I gained a lot of weight. Uh huh. When I when you go home, man, you're always already bundled up and you're uh, layered. Uh, so when I go when I'm traveling, I go in a small place. They're all apart. They're cold. So you're bundled, you know. And then I guess they knew you. Well, of course, and of course, my search, my bags got searched and everything. But you didn't get bodily search back then. So I knew. So I searched my stuff. <laughs> Oh, uh, did you ever um, ever have a close call? Of course. Uh-huh. Just, they would like, one time they would like, oh yeah, we know we heard, so somebody found out that I was carrying it on my body and I decided, well this time, you know what, I'm going to change it and I put it in my... Well, my uh, someone, you knew someone knew and you still brought it anyway and just switched up where you carried it? I switched up. For some reason you just have that feeling, it's women's intuition. I was like, I think I'll do it different. I'm not going to say anything to anybody. I'm not going to. So, like, my sister, I told her, I didn't tell her. She's like, you didn't bring anything. I don't see anything on you, you know? Oh. And, and 
And then you pop it up in your case or whatever. No, it was, I put it in my parka, in my ruff. <laughs> and my, anywhere I had fur, I, and they don't search, like I said, they don't search, so I carried it. Instead of wearing it. But they searched your body this time. Yeah. Next, after I found out that they were going to start searching your body and everything, that's when you start, okay, what am I going to put it? I'm going to ship it. <laughs> Back then, we used to put it in, um, like our food, you know. Oh, your care packages? Yeah. Peanut butter, a good one, huh? Should have stick it inside peanut butter? No, we would Just put it, like we're talking about, you would send, um, like, frozen fish. We put it in the fish, stuff it in there. Oh wow! Just and like refreeze the it fish? and refreeze it. Beautiful. And then they would, cause they couldn't. Right. Oh, you know. Get over the Cause that's the way you would ship it that way. And our food that way. Not in store bought food. We would ship it in our own. You know, we'd make packages and. Yeah, no one's gonna bust through salmon. No, even if you like take a flank of mousse and you wrap it and it looks like a big old roast. You can say it's a roast. Days are over with now though. You have to. People in Quinwood, they like to. The elders smoke like I do, but the young kids, they like to smoke dabs now. That's all the young kids do. Yeah, it's all about dabs, dabs, dabs. Which I think is pretty sad. Why? What are your feelings on the dab? I don't know, I just don't think it's, I think it just takes away, I love to still flower, I guess. Well, so. you're changing the composition of it, right? Yeah. It's your, your man-made change. Right. Kind of like a beer and wine to whiskey and right. spirits. Certain level of, uh, well, it's all natural in beer and wine, you can, it just happens. But then you have... Take that little extra step and make it into whiskey and making it better and more concentrated. Yeah, concentrated, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've definitely been rocked on that, so that's for sure. So, but there's people still, there's like, it's legal to grow, so now there's a couple of people, my cousins at home growing, which I'm really proud of them, they're trying to grow. Uh, yeah, I just had a pretty legal open for so much. So it's not like illegal in those where you grow up for you? Oh, yeah. They, Upon everything, of course. But it's still legal to grow, though, you said. It's legal in Alaska. That's good. But so it's, so is alcohol in some villages are dry. Yeah, our village is dry. We don't know how long that will in our village. It's good that it didn't do that with cannabis. We've always tried to let them know that weed wasn't as bad as alcohol anymore. And she's like, hey, have you ever tried to smoke cigarettes? And I was like, I just started smoking cigarettes and I don't like them. Who was, um, what do you mean, the person you were babysitting asked you? Yeah. How old was the person you were babysitting? The people that I was babysitting for, Beverly. Oh, the, um, 
So the adults. Yeah, she's like, out. yeah. Have you ever tried this? I was like, no. My brother he came home one time and he smelled weed. I was like, I can't smell it. I'm going because I got some weed. What is there, kid? How do you know about weed? I said, because I smoke it. She goes, how do you know things? And he goes, and that stuff smells really good. Let me see it. He goes, how is my little sister getting better with this weed? Oh, wow. So that was, he was like, oh my god, you can't be smoking. You're 13 when you open my job. So you never turned back from 13, huh? No, I've always smoked since. All the jobs I've had, I've never had two piss tests, so I'm very fortunate. Yeah. And Alaska's been a little different than pot, but yeah, there's a lot of jobs that still make you piss tests. It's not like you have some good teeth for yeah, it weighs around the room. Yeah. yeah, but I tell my honey, why live that way? I don't understand, you know. Yeah, anymore. Yeah, exactly. Even like people living in non-legal states, it's a wonder more people don't move. I know, <laughs> they're so afraid that, oh, but they want to smoke, but I might get busted. And There's a lot of different states you can choose right now. What about you? He was 16. Yeah, it was definitely 16 because I had my driver's license. He was a dance. Our, our town had these dances once a month. Friday night was the older kids' dance, and Saturday night was the middle school dance. You know, I think you pay a buck to go in, and all the parents and chaperones were all hanging out in the dance and, um, before the dance. <laughs> Went out and was drinking. Jack <laughs> and hanging out with some friends who were passing around a corn cob pipe. They didn't pressure me at all. They just, it was just, they were smoking, and I was drinking, and I was just curious. Hey, well, I'll take some of that. I wasn't a cigarette smoker. That first, that first breath, what a hacking, just coughing so bad. Just an old. Construction there, and the house is being built. It was pretty high that night. Cop came behind me as I was driving home. I was like, oh no, first night getting stoned and I'm getting pulled over. Police went right past me. <laughs> pulled over someone in front of me. Didn't smoke too much. I, I was kind of, I smoked when someone had it. I would get a bag every once in a while. And my one friend, he started growing. And I was always really jealous of him. Just having his own weed, and I had to buy it. I always wanted to. Come on, man, give me some of your weed. <laughs> he wouldn't sell it to me or anything. It was cool. He just wanted to have his own. He would always smoke me out whenever I was around. But that was in the beginning days of wanting it for myself. You know, when you got home, you wanted to smoke a bowl by yourself. Right. Before hooking up with Mark, I used to always go on these fishing trips down to Homer and make weed friends with me. I had a friend named Jeff. And he lived in Anchorage, so I picked him up there and he said, Hey, can we bring my black buddy? He's like, I forgot, what was his name? <laughs> he was like, T, something. He was, he was like from Chicago, a full, real black dude <laughs> that, you know. But he had the best weed. We always got the weed from him, you know. That's where I was like, Jeff, we can get weed. He goes, Let's bring this dude. He always has the weed. I'm like, Okay. But then, so I came from 
Fairbanks and I brought myself, I brought an ounce. So he brings his buddy and we're going down and all of our fishing trips, just like weekend kind of thing. Just yeah, we go to we go to Homer. I I booked a boat. We got there at five in the morning and the boat was leaving like at six, so we got like an hour's sleep, got on the boat and we went out fishing, got our fish, got our halibut, and we're coming back going back to Anchorage. There's a trooper behind us at well. My friend's got expired tags. He's got an ounce. I got an ounce. His buddy other that black dude got an ounce. And they're all going, oh shit. So they're like, what are we going to do? Try and stuff him in my bra. <laughs> you should see. They all threw you the weed? Yeah. So I'm stuffing. I got them all. I got everything. And I'm all like. <laughs> and so the um, trooper. We pull over, and then all of a sudden, the trooper passes us. Wow. And all of a sudden, in front of us, here comes a black bear. And he runs in front of the moon, or in front of the trooper, and the trooper, like, woo, woo, puts his lights on, and we're like, oh, crap, check this out. So we pull over. <laughs> the trooper keeps going. So we jump out to go see where this bear went, right? All of a sudden, we hear the ka-ching, bam! Somebody shoots, and the black dude's like, Oh my god, like, there's people being shot at. Get in the truck! And we're like, no, they're shooting at the bear. And they're like, no, they're shooting at us! Oh, <laughs> it was funny. But needless to say that we were all okay. And what happened to the bear? Get away? The bear, the bear was down there. No, he got him. He got the bear. That was quite a, quite the event. I, I, I was like, thanks a lot, you guys, throwing all the weed at me. <laughs> All the trips I went on, like fishing trips, I've been pretty fortunate to let them know, hey, I like to smoke, you think I can like, like hide in a corner or something? And they're like, yeah, go up on the deck, you know? And I'm like, sweet, thanks. Oh, nice. Like, you were around people that didn't smoke? Yeah, they had like kids and stuff. And so I'd be up there drinking my beer and smoking and just enjoying because I got my limit of my halibut. He'd be all come up, Captain Bright, come up, and he'd say, God, I'd make you a good deal if you can hook these guys up with a fish. <laughs> so I'd go down and I'd hook those guys up with a fish. I don't know why, they didn't know how to do the jig or what, but. Funny. Uh, you got your limit, then. Yeah, you can't, but yeah, I could hook somebody you up. You give them yours. Mm-hmm. You Once I hooked it up, I'd hand it over. No way my house could fit 20 people in smoking the way we did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it, we did it high calling. Uh-huh. I know there was even people from out of town there, like Leroy, Uncle Leroy. Remember the Indian guy? No. The old, yeah, Uncle Leroy. Indian, Just the tourist? He was from Toke. Or actually, Northway. And he'd say he couldn't smoke at the hotel, and he said that place was great, so that's where he stayed all day. 
Because we didn't smoke there all day. We loved the higher calling. Yeah, so that was the best place that ever opened in the world. I agree. Uncle Leo was like 65 years old. He was a great guy. I haven't seen him in a while. Cool people at that place. I know I met Marilyn there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I did meet Marilyn there too. Kiefer definitely met there. Alice Farr was there. Mm -hmm. uh, Landon. I don't remember him. Yeah, I met him the first night. Uh, and maybe the second night I went. The first night I went, I went with Frank. I had a really enjoyable time. <laughs> felt so good sitting in a place and just other people walking by and they don't give a shit. Right. Too bad we didn't make the recording of it. Some other version will be back with it. Mm hmm. One day, the city would stop being so afraid. It was so nice. Can you imagine we'd be the only ones in the world having less like consumption like that? How much tourism it would bring? I'm excited about it. Little cafes like little Amsterdam, you know? Yeah. But like you said, Fairbanks is so scared. Why are they so scared? You know? Just it's, the leaders. It's, it's called control. It's mm -hmm. control. Who wants to be an ex cop? You know? Is he a cop? He used to be an ex cop. Nobody knew that. Oh my god. Nobody knew that? Here? Yes. It is crazy. Am I the only one that knows that? So, I never heard that. Yeah. He was on the city council, that's how I knew. And he's got a DJ. He knows how to face drugs and everything. Yes. It just seems like he's upset that pot's in town and he's doing everything he can to kind of just stall it. Yeah, just that mentality. Yep. Yeah. It's a control thing now that he's. That's how I feel about it. Policing the town, you know. He thinks he knows better for everybody. You know, Fairbanks is better than it was now that we're legal. I uh, just love, I love people. I know, right? Have you ever been robbed in um, cannabis trade? Oh. Ice? Yeah, when I was in Hawaii, I'd always meet the local brothers at the beach. I'd say they thought I was a, a Hawaiian, you know, until I started talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you didn't have And they were like, do I know, sister? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, I'm an Eskimo. And they're like, you stay Eskimo? I said, from my mother's And they said, oh. <laughs> you sound Hawaiian. You've got that sound, though. And then uh, I looked over there for six years, right. so I, yeah, I, picked, I it up, hear it. picked up the pigeon. So I got to know the locals, and they're like, oh, she's the stoner, Alaska. <laughs> Did you ever have, um, like I know white people are called Howleys. Howleys, yeah. And I got to be a half a Howley. Was there anything for an Eskimo? No. They were like, oh. So you're just like, uh, Hawaii. did they call you Hawaiian Eskimo or anything like that? No, just Eskimo. Like, just an Eskimo. Crazy Eskimo. <laughs> yeah, they definitely had, couldn't have seen many of 
Lots uh, of Eskimos over there. Really? No, don't get yourself. Oh wow. my god, yes. There's so Just many people from Alaska. The they have an Alaskan day. They have a day just for Alaskan people. They have a big party. Get together. Yeah. I worked for this one company one day. It was called Don Drysdale's Club 53. And it's an outdoor restaurant. It's so cute. And all of a sudden, they see my friend Patty Hicks' dad. Oh, Mr. Hicks. And I look over and there's Judge Connolly. Oh, my God. <laughs> my heart just about dropped only because I appeared in front of him so many times <laughs> in their pigs, right? And he's like, oh, he's sitting there and I'm getting ready to serve him. And he looks up and he goes, oh, Mary Gilden. And I went, oh, Judge Conley. And he goes, just call me Mr. I said, okay. <laughs> I was like, yes. I, I worked at this little place called um, the Pearl Factory. It was, and I'd sit there and I was peddling pearls for people would come and I gather groups and groups of people and I show them how about I teach them about the pearl and how the pearl was created and everything you know open pearls and make jewelry and I'd sell them and I'd be sitting there all of a sudden I'd see somebody coming and they go Mary and they're <laughs> like oh my god people from Barrow and Point Hope and yeah it was crazy awesome so, uh, and then a lot of Hawaiians moving up here? There a lot of Hawaiians oh, here? Oh, yes. Especially in Anchorage. Even here in Fairbanks. Jean, she's she's the middle one, and she's the one that Mark and I take road trips, and I save the roaches. Well, one time I saved them in a, or a paper towel. Well, it accidentally fell on the floor. I didn't know when we were at the house in Fairbanks, and Mark's like, oh my god, my dog's dying, something's wrong with my dog, and we're, it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, he woke up and she was like walking all funny. She'd eaten all the roaches. Oh no. Well, I found them kind of eating. I thought, oh, somebody ate them. You know, one of my dogs, they'll be okay. Mark's all freaking out. You don't care, you're a human. So he's like laying on the floor with her, with his jacket on, holding her. And, and he's, he's telling me, you're inhuman. <laughs> And then he goes, why aren't you worried? And I said, because she just ate a bunch of roaches. Right. Well, why didn't you tell me that? And they said, I'm telling you now. <laughs> well, needless to say, she got better, you know. Yeah, you don't know. It's scary seeing the dog. Right. I know. Well, now he knows. We got doggy cookies one time from um, one of his co-workers. CBD things? And... They were good dogs. My, my dog, when they ate two, they were just walking like they're drunk. 
he likes to give her to bear for her. She's got like a skin disorder and she's got eye problems like glaucoma. So he likes to give her that. And then the other one's just because Mark is a stoner, you know. She's the one that eats But she's the one that always comes up to us all the time when we're smoking. And she'll stand in between us and she'll get those hits, you know. Hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. And now, Patreon. Help support the show financially at patreon.com slash midtoker. Here's Token. Here's Token.